Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 8.36 a.m. Central Standard Time. It's the 17th of November, 2021, and this is episode 505 of Bitcoin, and I may be going away for a couple of days. Yeah, I know, I know. I just came off of a a hiatus, but the hits just seem to keep on coming, y'all. I found out yesterday that my uncle has been moved to hospice care, and he's unconscious, and he's unlikely to regain consciousness. So I am, well, I guess I'm in that waiting period to to hear, but I'm going to try to go up to Oklahoma City where him and his family live and uh, say say goodbye because I'm pretty sure he's not coming back. Although, you know, this isn't to tell you, you guys for garnering sympathy or anything like that. It's just yet one more, you know, one more piece in this, in what's been going on lately. Um he's been fighting prostate cancer for get this 17 years multiple rounds of chemotherapy over 17 years multiple different types of cancer drugs um all kinds of stuff and they just stopped working okay and he took an experimental um because there was literally the oncologist said look dude there's just nothing left in our arsenal, all we got is experimentals. If you want to, you know, enter into a study and he did, because at this point, and this is the same thing that happened to my mom when she died of cancer, nothing was working. And she ended up taking, uh, an experimental, uh, Oh, well at the time it was, at the time it was experimental, but now it's actually widespread. It's called cisplatin, uh, as a chemotherapy drug and it worked, but it, the cancer came back and ripped through her like wildfire. And she was, I think she was in remission for about six months, maybe three months or something like that. And then it just blew through her. And this one, it didn't even put him into remission. It just seems to have shut, uh, shut him down. And so I'm going to probably have to drive to Oklahoma city either this afternoon or early tomorrow morning. Uh, so, you know, thoughts and prayers if you're you know if you're agnostic or if maybe if you're like you know don't believe in god but you're a witch i don't know cast a spell do whatever i don't care as long as you know if you can send some positive vibrations to my uncle uh that would be good because he is the last of my dad's nuclear family uh my grandma uh, on my paternal grandmother paternal uh, grandfather are dead my father and his two uh, closest siblings are dead. And now it looks like his third and final brother is about to pass. And I'm not, I'm not at all happy about it. But if you could spend some time just sending some positive vibes up to Oklahoma City, um, 
I would appreciate it. That would that would be helpful. Now, on with the show. Untapped growth over here saying this is what they will eventually do to cattle ranchers and anyone who has food security outside of their centralized control. Make up a disease and fake a positive test and then seize and destroy it. This is why the anti-meat movement and he's what he's referencing here is a tweet by uh, Spinty, uh, Spinty8, S-P-I-N-T-E-8. Um, I don't know if it's pronounced Spinty, but anyway, Spinty has put out this, uh, he found a, an article from naturalsociety.com. And it says, Illinois' agricultural, agriculture department illegally seizes privately owned bees that are resistant to GMO. When I was reading through it, all right, um, essentially, that, that's all you need to know is the headline. There is this man that's been working with bees for 15 years in Illinois. And he claims, now he claims, because he's not, you know, he's, a, he's what's called a citizen scientist. Um, which means that he's not funded by government. He's not a PhD. He's not a professor at a research institution, you know, blah, blah, blah. He's just some guy. And guess what? Most of science was actually conducted this way during the time of Newton, Spinoza, you know, all those, all those dudes, they were all citizen scientists. Ben Franklin was a citizen scientist. I mean, they were all, that's how science was done back in the day. Anyway, this guy claimed that he had a set of bees that were immune to GM, to, um, oh, sorry, to uh, Roundup and uh, glyphosate, well, glyphosate, which is in Roundup. And here's the thing. I'm not exactly sure what the man's talking about because it's not really the glyphosate that is harming bees. It's a lot of other stuff. Not to say that glyphosate isn't bad. It is. It's terrible. It's awful. I don't like it. I hate everything about it. But we have to keep in mind that there may be, you know, some issues about whether, you know, about the efficacy of what this gentleman said. But they did come take his bees. They did. He had been working with these bees for 15 years. These are facts. Now, the resistance to GMO, Roundup Ready stuff, I... I don't know, okay? I don't know. But what really is fucking up the bees is pesticides. Why? Because bees are insects, people. And when you spray all your orchards, like your almond orchards, with nicotinamide, or I can't, it's not nicotinamide, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a pesticide that starts with NIC. And I think it's derived out of nicotine. In either event, it's very deadly. It, it's very, very efficient at killing insects. But what happens is that these guys found out that these are some certain pesticides are really good at killing some, but not all of the blossoms on an almond tree. And that way they get larger almonds and they the flowers set better somehow. But guess what's going on? I know this is weird, right? You got a tree, an almond tree, and there's, you know, millions of them out in California. You got an almond tree that's set with flowers, and then you go through and you spray it with insecticide, right? Well, guess what's trying to get to those flowers? Bees. That's truckloads of bees are coming in, and, and these beekeepers are putting their bees down to pollinate 
the flowers on the fucking almond trees. And what is the farmer doing? Spraying it with pesticide because an off late what's called an off label usage is that it it culls like the bad flowers on the tree. And you're doing it while the bees are in flight, while the bees are, are hanging out around the flowers. This is how stupid agriculture has become. Okay, so anyway, just keep in mind that what did happen to this man is that they did come, they did take his bees. I don't know about the GMO resistance, but that doesn't really fucking matter. They took his bees. They just took them. If you live in Illinois, you should be, you know, Illinois, you should be outraged. If you're not outraged, uh, you may be doing it wrong. So anyway, now on to on to stuff outside of the uh, or, or outside of agriculture. Bitcoin company Synonym launches architecture for a self-sovereign economy. Bitcoin magazine Nomsios is writing this one. Synonym software dedicated to bringing new utility and user experiences to Bitcoin and the Lightning Network has officially launched. Hyper-Bitcoinization won't magically happen on its own, said John Carvalho, CEO of Synonym, in a statement sent to Bitcoin Magazine. Quote, in order to live in a world without big banks, oppressive regulation, or big tech presiding over our lives, we need a strategy and ecosystem to replace the legacy economy. That is where Synonym comes in, end quote. Synonym builds software to empower the Bitcoin and Lightning networks to encompass more use cases and free users from depending on traditional finance applications and systems. Quote, by combining the Lightning network speed and efficiency with an architected ecosystem of open P2P platforms and applications, Synonym hopes to accelerate Bitcoin's ability to act as an independent self-regulated economy, per the statement. At launch, Synonym is releasing Slash Tags, a protocol that leverages a web of trust model to create interoperable, uncensorable networks connected via encrypted private channels and feeds. <clears throat> Plans for Slash Tags include a search and publishing platform that enables users to create and monetize data and a user-centric decentralized social media platform. Yay! <coughs> Quote, Synonym will also release Block Tank, a full-service lightning service provider, which will allow businesses, platforms, apps, or Bitcoiners to configure and purchase lightning network connections and liquidity instantly, according to the statement. The company, which Tether Holding, sorry, the company, which Tether Holdings owns, is also open sourcing code libraries for features like tokens on Lightning, a mobile Lightning node, and encrypted remote wallet backup. Uh, Fulger Ventures is also an investor. Okay, so hold on for a sec. Tether Holdings. Before you lose your shit, let us remind ourselves some of, 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 a, of a fact. Bitcoin never needed Tether. That doesn't mean that I don't I'm not kind of excited about what John Carvalho's doing over here. And if you don't know who John Carvalho is, it's Bitcoin error log on Twitter. That's Bitcoin error log. And he's been working on this shit for two years and he hasn't told, he's been able to keep, keep completely tight lipped about it and nobody's leaked a single thing. I like John. I think John's a good guy. What bugs me here is Tether Holdings, but it doesn't bug me so bad that I'm not going to look into what John's doing because we all need to work on this stuff. But just if you got triggered by the whole Tether Holdings thing, just remember Bitcoin doesn't need Tether. It never needed Tether. And the Tether FUD, honestly, at this point is just, can it just be over? Ugh. 
God damn it. Continuing, quote, as part of the family of companies that make up Tether and Bitfinex, Synonym is positioned to integrate all of these companies' products in a strategic way for Bitcoin, and we can reroute these resources back into Bitcoin development, Carvalho told Bitcoin Magazine, quote, slash tag accounts and block tank LSPs will be integrated with Bitfinex. Instant Tether tokens will be introduced to the Lightning Network within our apps and within BlockTank LSP for token channel liquidity. And Synonym will bring all of this together using the one and only important blockchain, which is Bitcoin, end quote. The slash tags protocol challenges common beliefs in the cryptocurrency industry that many blockchains are necessary for disrupting traditional finance. Synonym and its software stack aim to demonstrate how only one blockchain is necessary. Quote, we wanted to show and prove that you literally do not need a blockchain for anything other than a Bitcoin standard store of value, Carvalho told Bitcoin Magazine. Slash tags can improve any network's ability to authenticate, coordinate, permission, and sort anything digitally expressible. End quote. Slash tags is based on a web of trust model in which public key cryptography is used to establish the authenticity of the binding between a public key and its owner. It requires that a schema be passed when communicating about a key. These schemas can be leveraged to allow anyone to form private yet interoperable networks. Quote, these localized web of trusts can rebuild an entire new user-centric web where you decide who to include and under which conditions. This empowers Bitcoiners by allowing us to create literally any digital marketplace we can define in a way that leaks minimal metadata and only with whom we choose to trust, Carvalho explained. Slash tags is only part of Synonym Stack, however. The company also uses Omni, a platform that enables tokens, decentralized crowdfunding, and peer-to-peer -peer trading solutions on Bitcoin. <clears throat> Quote, the reason we chose to support Omni and OmniBolt is that they are the only token solutions that do not require extra, block, extra blockchains or native store of value tokens to operate. Omni transactions are Bitcoin transactions with special information that is tracked by the Omni network and uses the same scaling methods as Bitcoin, like a Lightning Network Layer 2, Carvalho said. Similar offerings exist, the Liquid and Stacks, uh, or sorry, uh, try that again. Similar offerings exist, like Liquid and Stacks, that also promote the ability to issue digital assets on Bitcoin. However, Carvalho explained why Synonym chose Omni instead, quote, the problem with Liquid is that it requires a trusted federated network, and that risk profile is nearly impossible to communicate to users inside of an app. Omni allows users to focus on whether they trust each individual token owner alone. The problems with stacks are even worse, as it has a lot of superfluous design and mechanics that do not scale whatsoever and are ultimately totally unnecessary to achieve decentralized web goals, Carvalho explained. Synonym's goal is to enable society to function without trusting intermediaries or asking for permission from big banks or tech companies. And by leveraging Bitcoin and the Lightning Network, the company aims to replace trusted intermediaries with an atomic economy, that's in quotes, powered by open source software that puts the user back in control. Quote, the idea to actually reform the web to be as practical and relevant as possible to each individual the atomic economy is a concept that combines the ideas of a circular economy with a web of trust to form a highly efficient and relatively social economy. 
our hypothesis is that if we can achieve minimal conver uh, conversion with a circular economy and minimal data redundancy with localized webs of trust, we can replace the violent, oppressive legacy economy with a self-regulating, reputation-aware social economy that obsoletes banks, governments, and big tech. Bitcoin is core to that central goal since it provides a global and permissionless monetary network to backbone the new web. And Lightning is central to unleashing sound money's full potential. Synonyms LSP, Block Tank, seeks to bring that power to everyday users with convenience. The service rivals Lightning Labs' pool and voltages flow as a market for Lightning liquidity. Quote, Pool and flow are systems that attempt to decentralize aspects of this kind of service, but we want to demonstrate that such a design is not always necessary because users can still hold their own keys regardless of the source of their channel connection, Carvalho explained. We aim to prove that by offering an intentional business service for lightning channel liquidity and automation, we can specialize and scale in predictable and useful ways for the businesses that choose to work with us, end quote. User control in the form of key ownership and true sovereignty is central to Synonym's mission as well as choosing the right tool for the job. As a result, that is where much of the company's and Carvalho's criticism of no novel Web3 narratives common in the cryptocurrency industry stems from. Quote, you simply do not need a blockchain to create what they call Web3 user experiences and designs. We are solving the same problems using slash tags and hypercore to establish a new social economy web paradigm without the nonsense of unscalable blockchain bullshit. The Web3 and metaverse narrative will haunt us for years and require much re-education to separate design ideas from the people simply trying to pump their investments to greater fools, he said. Quote, the slash tags web of trust will enable people to make their own decisions together about which token credit issuers to trust and which to dismiss, empowering all businesses to leverage their relevance with the customers that rely on them by issuing credit in any format that they wish. IOU to dollar tokens, hamburger tokens, subscription tokens, gift tokens, and any bare instrument they are willing to define and be responsible for, Carvalho added. So that's the article, end of the article by Namcios from Bitcoin Magazine. <clears throat> what do I think about it? Well, it's like everything else. You, you're going to have to wait and see. You know, there's, think, but here, here's the deal. Everybody is starting to just build on Bitcoin. Now, John Carvalho is an OG Bitcoiner. He's been a really good Bitcoiner. He will get into your face about shit. You know, he, he does have like ideas that are not exactly mainstream when it comes to, to Bitcoin, but I would never have class, I would never classify John as a shitcoiner. All right, I think he's a good. I think he's a good Joe. I think he wants to do good work, and this seems to be pretty large indeed, considering that Bitfinex and Tether Holdings are involved. Which I know a lot of you are like going, "Oh God, gag me with a spoon!" But guys, you know, Bitcoin doesn't really care if John Carvalho builds upon it. I actually do care that John Carvalho is building on Bitcoin and not some shit. ERC-20 token on the Ethereum, you know, blockchain, or God forbid, you know, hooking up with those idiots over at OrbCoin and A16Z and all them dipshits. I would much rather it be kept in the family. And, you know, for all it's worth, Bitfinex and Tether are kind of in the family. I know, I know. Just y'all chill out, but take a look at uh, take a look at it because synonym is or synonym is spelled S Y N O N Y M. 
S-Y-N-O-N-Y-M, and go take a look at it. See if it's useful to you. If it's not, tell John, you know, on Twitter, it's Bitcoin error log. Tell him on Twitter what you think about it. Let him have some feedback. You know, he's, you know, he's a pretty solid Joe, so uh, you probably don't have to worry very much about, you know, hurting his feelings or anything like that. Jesus Christ, we're liquidating longs again. We'll get to that. <clears throat> U.S. Justice Department to compensate BitConnect victims with $56 million in seized crypto. $56 million. Would they take in $3.5 billion? And they're going to be a, oh, whatever, dude. Stephen Graves is writing it for Decrypt. The U.S. Justice Department will sell $56 million worth of seized cryptocurrency from the number one promoter of the crypto Ponzi scheme, BitConnect, to compensate victims of the fraud. Per the announcement from the U.S. Justice Department, the government will sell the cryptocurrencies and hold the proceeds in U.S. dollars ahead of using the proceeds to, quote, provide restitution to the victims pursuant to a future restitution order by the court at sentencing, end quote. The cryptocurrency was seized from Glenn Arcaro, 44, who pled guilty uh, to participating in a $2 billion conspiracy to defraud BitConnect investors. Arcaro will be sentenced on January the 7th, 2022, and faces a maximum penalty of 20 years in prison. Potential victims of the BitConnect scheme are encouraged to visit a justice.gov website for information on their rights to identify themselves as a victim and submit a victim impact statement. One of the most infamous crypto scams of all time, BitConnect billed itself as a cryptocurrency investment platform that offered huge returns based on its proprietary trading bot. In fact, the bot didn't even exist. It was a Ponzi scheme that rewarded participants based on the number of people that they brought into that scheme. Propped up by the pyramid scheme, BitConnect's BCC cryptocurrency rose to become one of the 20 biggest cryptos by market cap valued at around $400 a pop. Following investigations from regulators in Texas and North Carolina, BitConnect shut down its lending and exchange platform, prompting a collapse in the price of BCC to under $30. In May of 2021, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission charged five BitConnect promoters, reaching $12 million settlement in August. A month later, the SEC sued BitConnect, its founder Satish Kumbani, and Arcano in the first action against BitConnect's management. This isn't the first occasion on which the U.S. government has sold off seized cryptocurrency. The U.S. Marshals in 2014 sold 30,000 Bitcoin, then worth $19 million, seized from the defunct dark web marketplace Silk Road, and was scooped up by venture capitalist Tim Draper, whose haul is now worth over billion. So there you go. Yeah, the BitConnect thing. If you were around for that, congratulations, man. You've been here for a you've been here for a while. Now, Cash App to add Bitcoin taproot support this December. Holy shit. Uh Bitcoin magazine again, Nomcios. Cash App will add support to the Taproot Bitcoin upgrade by December the 1st, the company said in a statement. The highly anticipated upgrade went live in the Bitcoin network on November the 14th at block 709632, and the financial services app owned by Square will roll out support for Taproot addresses by early next month. Quote, To ensure a seamless update, we will confirm that the mainnet Taproot activation is working as expected before rolling it out to all customers. By December the 1st, 2021, all Cash App customers should be able to send Bitcoin to Taproot-enabled wallets. 
Taproot was activated as a soft fork on the Bitcoin network on Sunday to enhance the privacy and efficiency of transactions as well as enable better and more robust smart contracts. The upgrade brought about a new address type, pay to taproot or P2TR, allowing Bitcoin spending to look similar regardless of whether the sender is making a single payment or a simple payment, a complex multi-signature transaction or using the Lightning Network. Moreover, Taproot addresses will allow users to save on transaction fees compared to previous address types. The more complex the spending conditions, the more the user will save. By reducing the transaction size and making nearly all, any, rather any transaction look like a single, simple, or ugh, God, I'm screwing up again, a simple single signature one, Taproot will also enable larger and more complex operations to be deployed on Bitcoin that were previously unfeasible or almost impossible. By adding support to Taproot addresses, Cash App, a mobile-friendly platform and broker owned by Square, will enable its users to use the most recent features live on the Bitcoin network. The move is important because some of the possibilities enabled by Taproot will only be actualized once a considerable chunk of the network starts using the new address type frequently. So Jack is ahead of the game. Remember when SegWit finally got in and it took months, if not at least a year before the first vendor actually would roll out SegWit support? And there are still some that are out there that have not rolled out SegWit support. I'm not gonna name names, but there are some out there that still to this fricking day do not have SegWit support. And it's just fucking stupid, honestly. And here we have Jack, and you can say what you want about Jack, but if Jack releases this shit and it works, and nobody gets screwed because it was a misimplementation on December the 1st, 2021, then he's going to be the first guy to probably implement Taproot support, or at least one of the most, the first of the most notable companies that will uh, allow Taproot support. He'll be in before Bitfinex, he'll be in before Kraken, he'll be in before God, Coinbase, <laughs> right. <clears throat> first mover, dude. He's, he, you know, I get the feeling he's going to do it. So watch out for that shit. That's coming. And Twitter, speaking of Jack, Twitter just added lightning tips for Android devices. Okay, so now using the strike implementation, Jack from Twitter has opened up the lightning uh, tip jar or whatever you want to call it, the tipping function on Twitter to all Android users. So update your uh, Twitter app and see if you've got your little lightning bolt symbol so that people can pay you and you can you can pay people and make sure to activate that because, you know, honestly, why not? Uh, but what is nice about it is that you actually have to activate it. You don't have to if you don't want to. And I think being turned off by default, I'm, I'm gonna go with that as being a better thing than being turned on by default. Because well, we let's not get into it because it could get we could get off into the weeds, and I don't want to do that because I got this from a te, uh, Senator Ted Cruz. This was yesterday. Senator Cruz introduces legislation to repeal infrastructure bills, devastating attack on emergency or emerging cryptocurrency industry. 
The provision will stifle innovation, endanger the privacy of many Americans and cryptocurrencies, and likely push key aspects of the industry overseas to countries like China. No, well, not China, but it will go overseas. By the way, this is from uh, cruise.senate.gov. This is basically from Ted Cruz's own website. Uh, U.S. Senator Ted Cruz this week introduced legislation that would repeal an overly broad and poorly crafted provision from the infrastructure package that creates new reporting requirements for many participants within the blockchain industry. This provision will stifle innovation in the industry, endanger the privacy of Americans and cryptocurrencies, and likely push key aspects of the industry overseas. Upon introduction of this bill, Senator Cruz said, quote, the Lone Star State has quickly emerged as the main hub for the cryptocurrency industry. And that exciting industry is now in danger of being stifled and driven overseas by an overreaching provision in this newly signed reckless spending package. As a deliberative body, the Senate should have done its job and held hearings to properly understand the consequences of legislation on this emerging industry before we risk the livelihoods and privacy of participating Americans. I urge my colleagues in the Senate to repeal this harmful language that will create regulatory uncertainty and in turn an unnecessary barrier to innovation. So <clears throat> we got Senator Ted Cruz on board, pretty hardcore here. Um, <clears throat> if what for whatever reason, if you're listening to me, you're in Texas, however you need to, or whoever you need to call or whatever to get, you know, Ted some support on this bill, please do it. I know we shouldn't have to depend on government in the first fucking place, but it's here. And if it's an outlet, you know, for something to get done to get rid of this crap, then we should probably just go ahead and, and do it. But, you know, do what you want. I'm just saying that the, the language in the bill is not only is it fairly damning, what sucks about it is that it's broad, it's unclear, and can be interpreted in ways that we never even thought possible. So therefore, it's even more dangerous than just if, if it was just very, if it was very clear and very specific and like almost non-interpretable, it would actually not be so goddamn bad. But this one, no, this language allows damn near anybody anywhere to be in violation of federal and uh, regulations and IRS guidelines. So I, you know, I, I don't know who I'm going to call, but I'm supporting Ted on this one. Now, am I a Ted supporter? Not really. Half of the shit that he says, I think he's bonkers, but the other half of the shit that he says, I, I kind of align with. So, you know, not so bad. I, I would rather have my politicians where I hate half of the shit that they say and I like the other half of the shit that they say rather than hating everything that they say or loving everything that they say. I want my, I want my people that are representing me with a good balance because it means chances are good they're not only representing me, they're probably representing a good amount of other people. Let's run the numbers. CNBC.com futures and commodities. Yep, flammable liquids are taking it all on the chin today. Damn, we got natural gas below $5 for the first time in a while. West Texas uh, Intermediate is clocking in un right under 80 bucks, $79.96, which is down a full point. Brent North Sea is down oh, two thirds of a point to $81.87. Like I said, natural gas taking it on the chin. It's down four and a half points to $4.94 per thousand. 
or <clears throat> sorry, gasoline futures is down as well over over a point to $2.32 a gallon. So there must have been some some high prices yesterday sometime. Uh, Peter Schiff is is happy today. He, his his shiny metal rock is is up almost a point to eighteen hundred and sixty nine dollars, which I think may be an all time high for gold. I'm not sure. I'll have to take a look at that later. Uh, silver is up likewise, well over a point to twenty five dollars and twenty four cents. Platinum is down point one nine. Copper is down one point three four, and palladium is up scant. All of your agricultural futures are up, and holy shit, dude. The big winner today is wheat, up two full points. Soybeans, up two full points. Corn, up a point and a quarter. Sugar, up a point and a half. Coffee, up 2.6 points. God damn. Cotton, up a half. Rough rice, up 1.34. And chocolate or cocoa is up 0.9%. Guys, uh, this all, all of what I just read at one point or another figures into your food and clothes. Okay, that's not good. This is this is not good. Uh, indices Dow futures down 0.4 percent. S and P futures down 0.29. Nasdaq futures down 0.07. S and P taking it on the chin at almost a full point to the downside. But fuck it, real money is at fifty nine thousand nine hundred fourteen dollars. I am coming to hate the 58K gang. Okay, the 58K gang, can you guys, I don't know, could you please STFU just for a little bit? I mean, how the hell did we get from $69,000 all the way to touch 58 and then get the celebrations on Twitter from the 58K gang? Man, man, my God. All right, well, I just got cut off because I got a phone call from my sister who was telling me the news that you're probably already figured out by now that my uncle passed during the night. So, you know, you know, still prayers and thoughts for his family. You know, again, if you're agnostic or, you know, don't believe in God, just positive energy would be welcome. Um, you know, he was a, you know, he was a good guy. He had his, he had his struggles in life, uh, but you know, ultimately he was a, he was a good guy. Um, rip man, rip news goes on $59,901 because we're crashing. Well, we're not crashing, but we are, we are experiencing the, the, the whole 58 K gang, you know, thing, which somebody go out and go, go beat them about the head and shoulders, tell them to stop it. Uh, <clears throat> about 12,000 transactions on average every hour. 1.5 million BTC has changed hands over the last 24-hour period, and I have not seen that in weeks. 63,404 BTC is being sent every hour on the hour, and 5.37 BTC is your average transaction value, while 0.014 BTC is your median transaction value, and that's about 8 819 bucks and block times are pegged right at 10 minutes and zero seconds. 0 0.09 BTC taken in fees over the last 24 hours and 13.5 BTC taken in fees in the last 24 hours. And with a 2.76 reduction in hash rate, we're still at 168.99 exahashes per second. Your shitcoin indicator, as always, is Doge at 23.6 US pennies and it shouldn't be worth one. 
7,173 transactions are waiting on eight blocks to clear. We have a $1.13 trillion market cap, which is sadly only 9.22% of gold's market cap. And now you can get uh, 32 ounces of shiny metal rock with your one Bitcoin, of which there are 18,875,829 3,241.9 of those are in the Lightning Network, which is valued at $193.3 million, being run over 17,608 nodes with 79,590 payment channels that we know about. 74.2% uh, of all of that's being run over the Tor Network. And that means that there's 10,946 Tor nodes that we know about supporting the Lightning Network, and that's going to do it for the morning roundup. No, actually not for the morning roundup. I'm sorry, I'm discombobulated as you can tell because that news kind of threw me for a loop. That's gonna do it for Vitals. Welcome to part two of the morning roundup. We're gonna start this one off with pure idiocy. Indian central bank governor says blockchain technology can thrive without cryptocurrencies then what's the token of value that makes people want to, you know, secure the chain? Uh, just whatever. Coindesk, Amkar Godbowl is going to tell us about the idiocy here. While the Indian government has recently softened its stance on cryptocurrencies, the country's central bank, the Reserve Bank of India, remains averse. Quote, the blockchain technology has been there for 10 years and can grow without cryptocurrencies. <laughs> RBI governor can't pronounce his name, said at SBI Banking and Economics Conclave on Tuesday, quote, when the central bank says we have serious concerns from the point of view of macroeconomic and financial stability, there are far deeper issues involved. Das, which is the last name of the dude that was just talking, criticized industry players for cursory discussions on the issues involving cryptocurrencies and called for serious analysis. The RBI's anti-crypto stance is well known by now. The central bank had banned all regulated lenders from holding or facilitating cryptocurrency transactions in April 2018. However, the decision was set aside by the Supreme Court of India in March 2020. Das's latest comments came on the heels of the Indian government's assurances to take progressive and forward-looking steps on cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology. Das had also said earlier that the number of Indians reported to be investing in crypto could be, quote, exaggerated. Oh, bullshit. The Indian government is looking to ban the use of crypto as a payment method, but will allow and regulate trading of crypto as assets, according to a report. The government may table a crypto regulation bill in the upcoming winter session of the parliament, scheduled to start from November 29th and end around December 23rd. It's just all bullshit. So, you know, now we got India FUD that apparently is replacing China FUD. These guys are never going to pull their shit together because they've honestly, I don't think India's ever been able to pull their shit together. The last time India pulled their shit together was because of fucking Gandhi. After that, it's just like this free-for-all of idiocy, man. And this is just as idiotic as it comes. Again, the whole point of a blockchain is that you have aligned incentives you have something that is an immutable ledger of historical fact, or also known as truth. You have a token that it produces as it chugs along producing blocks. That token has a value to the people that have decided that they want to be a miner or help secure said blockchain. 
without the token of value, you ain't got a blockchain. What you got is a distributed ledger that is completely centralized and looks absolutely no fucking different than what we had before Bitcoin. These people have no clue about what this technology actually is, which is bad in the short term, but it's good in the long term because the people who do understand it will inherit the earth. Bitcoin miner Iris Energy upsizes its IPO, valuing company at $1.5 billion. Again, Coindesk, this time Aaron Ashraf. Iris Energy, a Sydney-based company that mines Bitcoin primarily with renewable energy, raised its initial public offering pricing to $28 a share from the previous expected range of $25 to $27 a share. The miner said it plans to sell 8.3 million shares, raising about $232 million through its IPO offering, according to a statement. It expects to start trading on the NASDAQ on November the 19th under the ticker, ticker symbol IREN, I-R-E-N. The company will have about 55 million shares outstanding, valuing the company at about $1.5 billion, according to its U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission filing. Iris will use the proceeds from the offering to fund its growth initiatives, including hardware purchases and acquisition and development of data center sites and facilities, as well as for working capital and general corporate purposes. The company said it has been mining Bitcoin since 2019 and has sold all the Bitcoin it mined, bucking the trend of most miners holding on to their coins, which is in the next piece from Bitcoin Magazine, and this is published by Dylan LeClaire. Public Bitcoin miners are increasing their BTC treasuries. So let's pause and just figure out what the fuck happened. First of all, you got somebody in Australia who thinks that they're going to be allowed to mine Bitcoin in Australia for a, a length of time to the point that they've put in an SEC filing. I, I think we're going to see Australia pull a China is what I think. Why? Because China has Australia under their thumb. Basically, Australia depends on China for damn near everything. And when I've seen it before. When China says jump, Australia says how high. I don't think the Australian mining company, IRA or IRIS or whatever that name was, is going to last very long. That doesn't mean that I'm going to be right. It just means that my gut feeling is, uh, I, I, wouldn't bet, I wouldn't bet my marbles on it, but... They sold all the Bitcoin that they've been mining. And here we have a completely different issue. <clears throat> Let's get into it. There's a new paradigm unfolding among the large public Bitcoin miners. They don't want to sell their Bitcoin. And they also want to acquire more. As a result, they are finding creative ways to raise capital or leverage their Bitcoin holdings to help cover operating costs rather than having to sell for fiat. One strategy is to loan out a portion of the Bitcoin holdings, thus earning fiat yield that can go directly towards paying their operating expenses. Hut 8 Mining has been doing this, loaning out 2000 BTC, nearly 40% of their Bitcoin holdings to earn a 4% interest rate starting in January. That interest rate has since come down to 2% to 2.25% as of its latest Q3 financial reporting. And at today's price, 2000 BTC is worth around $130 million in total value, earning an annualized $2.6 million at the lower 2% interest rate. 
an average Bitcoin price for the entire year of 46,792 would generate $1.8 million. Generating revenue from loaned Bitcoin to cover costs allows public miners to better execute on their increased HODL strategies. The HUD-8 Bitcoin treasury is now 5,503 BTC, which is already up 68% since March of this year. It's the second largest public miner treasury behind Marathon. Marathon and Riot, major public miners that report November production updates, both increased their Bitcoin treasuries over this last month. HUT-8 deploys 1,000 BTC with Genesis Global Capital and 1,000 BTC with Galaxy Digital. That's Novogratz's outfit, by the way. That Bitcoin is then used mostly for institutional trading arbitrage opportunities. Interest rates for Bitcoin yield have been pushed further down this year as the cash and carry basis trade narrowed and GBTC shares started to trade at a discount instead of at a premium. A, dis a decrease in higher yield opportunities drives lower market demand for Bitcoin loans, which then drives lower interest rates. Too much Bitcoin supply is chasing yields while there is less demand for Bitcoin borrowing. However, the futures ETF interest may help raise and sustain BTC market interest rates with a widening cash and carry spread. Right now, that contango trade, longing spot and selling futures, is sustaining around 14% yield, which is up from single digits in the third quarter. Genesis Global Capital, Capital noted in its latest reporting that although Bitcoin loans have increased, the weighting of their loan book in Q3 favored more Ether and USDC loans as investors are pushed further along the risk curve in search of higher yield. This is key, uh, sorry, this is a key market to watch in the fourth quarter as increased interest rates for Bitcoin lending will supply miners with yet another financial vehicle to continue their strategies to acquire more Bitcoin. So there you go. Not everybody is completely stupid, although I'm not a big fan of the loaning out your Bitcoin for yield, but hey, it's their Bitcoin. They can do whatever with it that they want. And I ain't got shit to say about it, thank God, because if I did, then Bitcoin failed. Now, Australian baseball club Perth Heat to pay athletes in Bitcoin. Arjit Sarkar has it from a coin telegraph. Australian-based club Perth Heat announced a partnership with Bitcoin payment processor OpenNode to accept and make payments in Bitcoin. The partnership allows Perth Heat to pay professional players and staff in Bitcoin. According to the announcement, the professional sports club will send and receive payments in Bitcoin over the Lightning Network. Sweet! In addition, the partnership with OpenNode allows the Perth Heat organization to accept Bitcoin payments for sponsorships, merchandise, and other revenue streams. Taking it or taking things a step further, Perth Heat has also rebranded itself to be called the Bitcoin Baseball Team. The club has also listed Bitcoin branded merchandise on its official website, showing long-term commitment to mainstream Bitcoin adoption. The announcement stated, "Quote: As part of this Sporting World exclusive, Perth Heat will hodl Bitcoin on the club's balance sheet." End quote. Stephen Nelkovsky, the CEO of Perth Heat, believes that embracing the underlying values of the Bitcoin protocol will inspire others to embrace a monetary system that demands value creation to thrive. According to the club's chief Bitcoin officer, Patrick O'Sullivan, quote, the club has already established an initial position in BTC to help secure its digital property rights on the world's most secure monetary network and will continue to reinvest available capital into Bitcoin. The Perth Heat are 
are embracing the reality that the future of money and corporate treasuries will live on the Bitcoin blockchain, end quote. The land down under has ramped up efforts this year to allow regulated crypto adoption. On October the 20th, an Australian Senate committee called for a complete overhaul of crypto legislation and licensing. And as Cointelegraph reported a few days later, the Australia Securities and Investments Commission also released a guideline that greenlights Bitcoin and Ethereum-based exchange-traded products. Quote, as of October 2021, Bitcoin and Ether appear likely to satisfy all five factors identified above to determine appropriate underlying assets for an ETP. We expect the range of non-financial product crypto assets that can satisfy these factors will expand over time. God damn it, preparing for the shit coinery already. A recent survey conducted by Crypto.com also found that Australia citizens are equally keen to explore crypto investments. And out of the polled 2020 Australians aged between 18 and 59, 26 responded that they would consider giving away some of their giving giving some away for Christmas or buying crypto related gifts. According to crypto.com general manager Carl Morhan, Australians are clearly very keen to adopt cryptocurrencies and integrate their use into day-to-day spending. So like I said, man, I don't know about what's going to happen in Australia. Their draconian bullshit at this point concerning the beer virus is so weird that I just can't imagine anything that even smacks of sovereignty be allowed, especially considering what I just said. They are not exactly uncoupled from what China wants them to do. They kind of have to do it. I mean, they're in the Pacific, they're in the, what I guess would be called the Pacific theater of operations. Um, That's, you know, China can reach them by Navy very quickly. You know, if they if if China wants to start flexing shit and they just move down through the Philippines and uh, Malaysia and all the the little, you know, those little islands and then reach the you know north part of the coast of uh, the north coast of Australia. If Australia, for whatever reason, doesn't do what they want, I could see it happening. But before that happens, I guarantee you what's going to happen is that Australia is going to buckle. They've buckled on everything else. Why do you think that they're going to stand up in the face of fucking Chinese pressure? They're not. They are not. So whatever is going on in Australia that concerns Bitcoin, I would take it with a grain of salt. I'd watch it. I'd be, you know, I'd make sure I took note of what was going on and wouldn't dismiss it. But I wouldn't get my hopes up that Australia is going to be some kind of bastion of Bitcoin mining like Texas has become or a bastion of free trade or a bastion of the use of Bitcoin in said free trade systems. I, I, my gut says no, but as I always say, time will tell. The digital ruble should not affect inflation, Bank of Russia says. Helen Parts has it for Cointelegraph. The Bank of Russia will only fully adopt a central bank digital currency if the digital ruble meets several conditions within pilot test, Governor Elvira Nabulina said. Nabulina spoke of the digital ruble before the State Duma Committee on Financial Markets on Monday, disclosing more details about the CBDC rollout, local news agency Interfax reported. The Bank of Russia will only adopt the CBDC after the bank makes sure the rubles can be easily converted from cash into the digital ruble and non-cash and only at a one-to-one ratio, she said. Quote, it should be a real full-fledged ruble, no discount or anything else, Nubella noted. 
adding that the central bank expects to test the digital ruble for at least one year before an actual rollout. Nebelina uh, emphasized that the digital ruble should not affect local inflation. Quote, our assumption is that the introduction of the digital ruble will not accelerate inflation in any way and will not inf affect inflation. <laughs> she noted, bullshit. Russia has experienced a massive spike of inflation amid the uh, beer pandemic. According to official data by the Rostock, whatever, National Statistics Service, uh, the domestic inflation rate has reached its highest level in almost six years, surging 8.1% in October. The Bank of Russia reportedly expects to have lowered the inflation rate to 5 or 6% no earlier than 2023. That's a little far out, man. Governor's remark comes after Russian lawmakers released a set of documents outlining the main aspects of the country's monetary policy for 2022 in the period of 2023 through 2024. One of the documents reads that the Bank of Russia is planning to adopt the digital ruble gradually, progressively expanding the scope of usage. The bank doesn't exclude restrictions and limits during the initial stage of the CBDC rollout. Restrictions and limits. Restrictions and limits. They're going to tell you what you can buy. They're going to do the same shit that the Chinese are doing. This is just, this is awful. Russia, Australia, and China is a very large section of the population. And if we add the, the people from India into that, that's half of the world, almost. That's almost half of the world. So what's the last bastion of freedom going to be? It's going to be the Americas. It's, it's not, well, not including Canada, but it's going to be the United States, it's going to be Central America, and it's going to be South America, and it's going to be a whole enclave of Eastern European, Baltics, Balkans, and shit like that. We are going to have to protect the Western Hemisphere at all costs because it literally could be the only place left that you can have a semblance of freedom. And I don't know why humans have to put other humans under their thumb, but honestly, the shit has just gotten old, man. Anyway. The central bank is concerned <clears throat> that the digital ruble could trigger a surge in the cost of funding for banks while reducing the efficiency of the transmission mechanism of monetary policy, but stated that this could be potentially solved as the digital ruble becomes more accessible and is used by a wide number of customers. The bank also noted potential privacy issues regarding CBDC transactions. Lawmakers have already recommended a detailed evaluation of such risks to maintain the sustainability of the banking industry and macroeconomic stability. As previously reported, the Russian Central Bank plans to launch the first pilot test for a digital ruble in early 2022 in collaboration with major local banks, including Spurbank and VTB, as well as banks such as Tinkoff Bank. So if you don't think that they're not going to say, hey, we're going to give you 100 rubles and you better spend it by the end of the day or they're worthless. Or, I'm sorry, you didn't get your beer shot, uh, your beer vaccination. So, you know, sorry, you can't work. And even if you do show up to work and you, for whatever reason you do work, you're not going to get paid because that shit's going to be controlled by the central bank. I'm telling, if you are somewhere connected at the higher up. If you listen to the show, for whatever reason, you're somehow connected to higher up at a retail bank, you better watch your ass because the central bank wants your business. And they're looking at you literally like, why do we even put up with this bullshit? Why don't we just do it all ourselves and we'll just vertically integrate everything because the whole world apparently is ripe for vertical integration. But hey, you do whatever it is you do. Now, CZ 
has revealed how many users left Binance after mandatory KYC. Uh, Erhan Karman has it for Cointelegraph. Major crypto exchange Binance took a compliance-friendly approach to its business after years of a cat-and-mouse game with regulators around the world, and it worked surprisingly well in terms of user retention, according to a new interview with Binance CEO Shengpeng Zhao. According to Bloomberg News, Zhao noted that Binance made Know Your Customer processes mandatory for global users for every feature in a bid to attract new users as a regulatory compliant business. And he revealed that Binance lost 3% of the users after making KYC obligatory. My God. Uh, actually, I guess it's pronounced obligatory, but whatever. Binance didn't immediately respond to uh, Cointelegraph's request for confirmation. Uh, quote, we feel that being compliant will allow more users to use us, Zhao said, adding that most people do feel more comfortable using a licensed exchange. Binance touted its decentralized, no physical headquarters structure for years until Zhao announced in July that the crypto exchange was ready to work with local regulators by saying we want to be licensed everywhere. From now on, we're going to be a financial institution. Oh, good for you, CZ. In his interview, Zhao said while regulators were initially skeptical about Binance, their attitudes have changed as the communications continued. When people see me in person, they say, look, CZ is very reasonable, very calm, not a crazy guy. Seriously, he said that. (laughs) So that helps establish the trust much faster, he said. Binance recently established three subsidiaries in Ireland as part of Zhao's vision to set up formal headquarters in different regions worldwide. When we first started, we wanted to embrace the decentralized principles. No headquarters, work all around the world, no borders, Zhao said. Uh, Then he said, uh, it's very clear now to run a centralized exchange, you need a centralized legal entity structure behind it. My God, you really didn't know that? This centralization happens, okay, because because of gravity. It, it, honestly, the only way that you can really be decentralized is to have almost equal spacing between massive objects and that spacing representative in distance as a function of the mass of particles, uh, of the two particles between each other. Uh, it's a ratio. Like if I have like one, you know, two great big massive structures, the distance between those so that they're not affected by each other's gravity is much farther apart than two much smaller uh, entities, whether they're mass or a legal structure or whatever. There has to be distance between it. That's why the Bitcoin network works so well is that it's completely distributed all over the world and we need to keep it that way. We need to teach our children to keep it that way. We need to teach them about decentralization so that when we're all dead, that they don't go off and start doing stupid shit like trying to make an amalgam out of all this. Anyway, that's going to do it for the morning roundup. All right. Well, I tell you a joke is normal, but I just don't feel like I'm in the mood. Um, if you would, again, thoughts and prayers, positive energies, you know, to Oklahoma City uh, for the family of my, uh, actually my last remaining uncle. I, I literally have no more uncles and no more aunts anymore. Man, I, this shit just, you know, it, 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 this shit will mess you up, dude. 
I've lost lots of friends. I've lost lots of family members, you know, and I'm not even all that old. And it just seems like I'm losing way too many people. And it's, you know, it, it'll mess with your head. So if it starts happening to you, take heart. I've, I've been there. And if you're going through something like that, you know, and you need, like, I don't know, I, don't, I can't really give you advice because I don't know, you know, I don't know anybody's situation but my own. But if you need like a helping hand or something like that, if it's something I can do, you know, reach out to me through DMs on Twitter. My DMs are open. So, um, but I'm not going to belabor the point. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know how long it will be before I return. I'm thinking possibly Monday. I'm not sure. But because um, I'm going to go to Oklahoma City regardless, you know, even though uh, my uncle has passed, I'm not going to wait for the, the funeral. Um, I, I've, already, I've already planned it. Um, and there's no reason not to go because if the, if the family up there needs my help, at least, you know, I can be there. And if they don't want to, you know, if they don't need my help or they want to just be alone for a while, you know, they can do that shit too. I'm just saying that at least I'll be very, very close in case something else happens or that they do need help. So I'm going to be up there for tomorrow and Friday. So I may be back on Monday, but then I'm going to have to truck it to uh, OKC again uh, for the funeral whenever they whenever they get that plan. So if you guys would, please bear with me. Continue to tweet out the show. Let your friends know about it. Tell them, hey, if you want Bitcoin news, go to the Bitcoin end and you know maybe pop them a uh, URL or something like that. I appreciate it. And I will, I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin and, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.